Well, hello everyone and welcome to Opening Up Chaplaincy podcast. I'm Stig Graham, hospice and palliative care chaplain and an Anglican priest. And welcome everybody. My name is Jo Mutlow. I'm a humanist and I uh, do non-religious pastoral support care at Bradford Teaching Hospitals. So here we are. We're back to how we started, Jo. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just the uh, two of us. Just the two of us, <laughs> just the two of us chewing the cud. <laughs> and, well, I mean, it's quite good. We're a year in, Stig, and to go back and think how we started all this off, because we started, didn't we? Yeah. You you said, oh, should we write a book? And I said, oh, no, I don't think so. Why don't we do a podcast? Because what we wanted to do was capture the conversations that mm. we have with each other yeah. and share those. It was quite a simple idea, really, but we're yeah, a year yeah. on. Yeah. And we've had Here some we fabulous guests, haven't we? But we thought we we'd have. take this time just to have a little conversation between ourselves again. Yes. Well, I, I do. I do. Well, we obviously clearly enjoy our conversations. In fact, we're actually starting this podcast. I can share with our listeners about half an hour late because <laughs> <laughs> we got talking about other stuff that had nothing to do with what actually we were planning on talking about. We often say as, as chaplains, and certainly it's, it's something when I'm teaching and training uh, would be chaplains um, and indeed staff generally, is um, don't make assumptions. And we all keep saying that but this part of me uh, maybe it's that scientist in me that keeps wanting to checking whether my assumptions are sound uh, you know is this axiomatic this is how we have evolved to live and exist and we can't help but make assumptions so are assumptions necessarily a bad thing or are they a good thing? Or is there some kind of middle ground? Can't assumptions be lifesavers just as much? So, John, where might you assume I'm taking this conversation? <laughs> well, I was just thinking there, assumptions are, are very much linked to prejudice as well and discrimination. Yes. And that's partly where we need to be wary. But they're also shortcuts, you know, so... <laughs> If you've met people similar to you or similar to someone else they've met you've met before, you might make assumptions that they're a similar sort of person. And I think we just need to be very, very wary of what assumptions we make mm. and that those shortcuts that we might have programmed in our heads mm. may not be at all true. I'm continually surprised with the people I meet, whether it's I, I was, it's the classic one of assumption I made. I was I was talking to an older white guy mm. who said, oh, Bradford's not what it used to be. And I thought, oh, heck, where are we going with this one? Said, <laughs> I like you know, the other when, all, when all the immigrants came and I'm thinking, oh, you know, my assumptions were rising. This man is going to be racist, right? Mm. And how am I going to deal with that? And there was a pause. And he said, but do you know, he said, they work really hard and we rub along okay. Mm, mm. And that whole assumption I had, what I was building up as an mm. anxiety of how I was going to deal with what was could have been a racist thing, yep. was just evaporated immediately. And I felt really, I felt relieved, but I felt really foolish because mm. I'd made that assumption about that old white man. Yeah, yeah. So I think we need to keep ourselves in check all the time 
Yep, yeah. Um, and recognize the voices within ourselves which tell us that something is going to happen or someone's going to think a certain way yep. and just pull back from that. Yeah. And of course, that is the option uh, or the benefit of getting into listening mode. And if you're, <laughs> if you're listening, then hopefully you can't say the wrong thing. Uh, although, again, of course, you've got to watch your body language because people read us continually uh, uh, as well. I think but, one of the assumptions that, because the other side of that is that people also make assumptions about us yes. coming in and what we're doing there. And a common, common assumption that people make about me is that I'm a Christian. Mm, yes. And so people will assume that I have a view about their lifestyle or about yep, yep. Um, how they conduct themselves based on uh, a set of religious beliefs that I have. And to put that right from an early point is something you need to challenge back on people's assumptions that you're going to judge them or that you come with a set of beliefs which might be in conflict with their beliefs. And I wonder as well with that, actually, just how much we communicate with our body language. Um, I think that's just so important as to how we sit alongside people. Um, I, I, there's all those kind of things you, you can do to, to help that. But I've... I've, I've certainly had it. There, there, there were times when, in the days when I used to wear my dog collar more, where people took time just to watch me, observe me with other people, until the day came they would say, you sit here, <laughs> you know, and they'd come to that conclusion. But um, it is it is quite a... a a challenge. I mean, do I really want to break into somebody's thought pattern? For for me, uh, it's when I'm with Christians who will say, oh, it's so nice to have someone who reads the Bible and believes it, with the implication that I believe everything in the Bible is literally true. And they will sometimes explicitly state that. So then I've got to make the decision. Hmm. Do I go with this and just not correct this person? Or do I actually say, well, you know, there's a lot of problems with the Bible if you try and take it in a, in a literal sense. Mm. Um, I suppose it depends as, as, as well. There's so many situations. If someone is, for me, if they were dying in the, the hospice and they were just glad I was at their deathbed, and they said that that's not the time to try and correct them so that one's easy uh, or easier but there are there are times when i think i actually need to say something that i'm not buying into that but again it's it's that diversity i get uh, one of the most bizarre situations i had was in our dear hospice and we had a muslim patient who kept turning to me and saying and you will agree with me because he was berating the christians in the room for not really living out acting for their fair for their faith and yeah i mean i i think authent our authenticity is extremely important mm. so um people trying to draw me into their world whatever mm. it is 
I have to be clear how far I can be drawn into that. I mean, I wouldn't, if someone assumes I'm a Christian, I would always say mm. I'm not because otherwise I'm being deceptive and, yep, and I'm yep. not comfortable with that. Um, so I think we have got to be authentic and we have got to be true to ourselves, but at the same time, not challenge back in a way that makes people feel that their opinion is mm. wrong or devalued or you, you mm. disagree with them. You're just saying, oh, well, my point of view is different. Mm, mm. You know, it's not you're wrong and I'm right. It's, yeah, um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's like your comment about the racist uh, or potential well, racist. not racist. <laughs> but yeah. not racist. Um, you know, you do get some people who will presume that I'm not comfortable with uh, the LGBT community. Yeah. And yet what I find really ironic is that an awful lot of churches actually have uh, members of the LGB community as their clergy, as their members of the PCC, their church committee, their church wardens, um, and they conduct church blessings, you know, but somehow I think, I think that's the danger. One of the other dangers of uh, assumptions is that we apply them too generically and we're not prepared. In a, in a similar kind of way, I used to get really irritated uh, during the Brexit campaign, if I dare bring that up, because clearly as, a, as an older person, I did every now and again encounter people who just presumed that I'd voted for Brexit, mm -hmm. by which you can probably gather that I didn't. <laughs> because, <laughs> so there's a bit of revealment. <laughs> revealment, I like that word, yeah. yes. Revelation, I think it's called in the Bible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long as you don't say revelations, it's the book of revelation. I thought that book was a box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah, that's revels. That's something much more fun. <laughs> anyway, just getting back to assumptions, I've thought of another one that's happened mm. to me a couple of times, which I find very interesting, mm. where, where you're going around and just starting up conversations with people and a patient says, you won't want to talk to me. Oh, say, yeah. oh, why is that then? I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Yep, yeah. Yep, or I'm not a believer, or I'm whatever they think mm. is the opposite of what you can yep, tolerate. Yeah, yeah. And I find that one, you won't want to talk to me, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I found that very interesting. Like, it's led to very interesting conversations mm. with two patients yeah. I can think of, where you then start to explore, well, why might that be? And then mm. you're starting to look at, you know, their experience of being other in the world and hostility and how that is enacted or how they perceive other people perceive them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a very interesting line of conversation yeah. if yeah. people want to have it. Uh, and you're demonstrating through that, that, you know, you don't have a problem with it. Yeah, well, why yeah. would that be a problem that yeah. somebody has those beliefs? And that's actually an interesting style because on the one hand, I was saying earlier about how people watch and come to a conclusion uh, about you and how you, they expect you to behave and then they'll invite you into their space and start a, uh, a nice conversation. But the number of conversations that have started, for want of a better word, confrontationally in the sense of you won't want to talk to me or mm -hmm. it's going to be a waste of time us talking mm -hmm. um and i used to get it quite a lot in context again going back to the the bible well you know i believe in evolution you know was the opening gambit <laughs> and, 
well, yeah, I believe in evolution, you know, and the um, and we we have beliefs about all kinds of things. One of one of the groups that I also belong to is the Implicit Religion Forum, which actually looks at all of these embedded belief systems that we have and we don't realize that that we have. Um, and then we have that wonderful expression and people take those beliefs as being gospel, which <laughs> actually means good news, of course, but uh, actually what people really mean to say is factually correct. Mm. You know, this is gospel truth. It mm. is, you know. Yeah, or, or, or unrefutable, you know, that yeah, that is yeah. like perfection. That is the, the fact, as you say. Yeah. yeah. Which we know, you know, the world is just not like that. And there's so many more blurred edges and the way yeah. people fuse things together. I mean, I find it incredibly interesting to talk to people about what they believe because everybody yeah. has their own construct, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and they absolutely. take a bit from there and they focus more on this bit and it's moved yeah. over their lifetime yeah. in certain ways. And I think that journey of yeah. spiritual journey or faith journey or belief journey, whatever yeah. you call it, yeah. Uh, we it's amazing when we are invited into that oh absolutely I, I often think of it you know as being invited to sit down to a, a fine meal you know and you're sort of recognizing different flavors in the sauce and you know uh or you know potpourri kind of setting mm -hmm. where you're recognizing different scents within this otherwise delightful aroma and mm -hmm. um, yeah it, it's um it, it, it's what gets me really excited about mm. what we we do actually i mean obviously there's the desire to sort of help but this is this is the payoff <laughs> mm. you know this is you know to actually see the world to see reality the universe through a different set of eyes and i think i think one of the areas i'm just thinking now where our assumptions will probably vary quite a lot is around death Yes. And about assuming perhaps it's a terrible thing or yeah, assuming yeah. that it's a frightening thing yep, or yep. assuming that it's not actually the end, but, the, you know, the first stage on an onward journey or whatever. All the assumptions around death are very much, I think, linked to our own relationship with death yes. personally. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we have to be really cautious at those points when we encounter death not for our assumptions not to play out yeah yeah uh, i i was actually part of a i'm sure people have uh, experienced this in training courses as i did but i was in a room with about ooh, high 20s 25 to 30 people and we were asked what was going to be the most important thing to us on our deathbeds. And I was fascinated because I think there was about 15 different replies. One that came up regularly, perhaps four or five people. That was the most consistent, wanted their family there. Uh, but there was a couple of people who were adamant they didn't want their family there. They wanted to die on their own. And then there was one or two people who just wanted to be clean. They wanted their body to be clean. They wanted clean sheets and they weren't bothered about the pain so long as they were physically clean in a clean mm. environment. And I, I was feeling like the real chicken and coward in the group <laughs> because, yeah, 
I, I did feel particularly embarrassed being in a, a, a in a room full of women as it happened that I was the only bloke and was about to say I couldn't take the pain <laughs> give me the painkillers put me to sleep give me the sedative but there's a whole load of assumptions aren't there as well about male and female that we make all the exactly time. you know yeah, that exactly. women can take the pain that's also one yeah. you know or that 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 uh men can't talk about their spiritual lives you know there's also yeah. those assumptions yeah. that we make which can yeah. cloud yeah. how we approach people in a non-judgmental open way when we meet them yeah yeah and I, i've also you know this, this is the potentially the good side i think of assumptions because isn't that how humor and comedy works you know we think a conversation or a monologue is going in a particular way and then there's the twist and the surprise and mm -hmm. you know we get caught we, we realize mm -hmm. we've been making an assumption and we, mm -hmm. we can we can laugh at it um i know one of the most common assumptions that um yeah, you know, when I, I often get asked by Christians about um, atheists uh, dying in in the hospice, but don't they worry about their eternal souls, Stig? <laughs> the main difficulty with that is an assumption that they have a soul to worry about and then if they do accept that they've got a soul that actually there's something fearful that could happen to it mm. once they've died mm. uh, well and again over the years I've, I've said so many times it's not about believing in god that makes the difference it's about the what kind of god you believe in mm. You know, if yeah. you believe in a God of vengeance and retribution, I, mm. you know, you could see the potential for not having a comfortable death. Mm. On the other hand, if you believe in a God of love, mercy, forgiveness, and all will be well, and you'll be welcomed into the mm. next life. Yeah. What's mm. to worry about? Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to other assumptions that I come across at work. And we've sort of touched on this a little bit is an assumption that we won't want to be bothered or we haven't got the time or their story is not important. Enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. people will say, oh, you won't, I'm sorry, I'm bothering you with this or you must be bored stiff listening yeah. to this or, you know, I'm sorry, I'm taking up your time and all those sort of assumptions that they are not important enough mm. to take up our oh, time yes. and that their story is not unique enough to be mm. of interest and I think that's an assumption that a lot of yeah I come across that every day I'd say or, in one form or another yeah or they're, they're so meaningless they are so trivial mm. you know then they're not worth the energy and the effort and mm. uh, again that's why I, I just think it's so important about that pastoral kind of activity mm. because you are making if you like a spiritual and philosophical statement but uh, you know in the hospice of course we had lots of volunteers and they'd see somebody sit down and they'd be straight there would you like a cup of tea actually well what's that a cup of tea but actually you're saying I've noticed you you know you exist I can see you're in distress I'd like to offer comfort so by definition you know you are bringing some meaning and purpose to my life in helping you and I'm sure all of those undercurrents nobody probably thinks of that consciously certainly at the time but I do think that just sort of feeds into our unconscious belief system mm. of whether I am worth it 
Mm, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think this uh, the the dying thing. Uh, sorry, I took us off topic a little bit there. Uh, you having raised it, raised it, but yeah, um, it it is quite um, surprising. I think how many many people look forward to death, mm. how many people are waiting for death, mm. people who actively want to bring death to them. I I knew. Um, you know, one of our patients wanted to have a particularly particular surgery, uh, and he'd been told he had a very small chance of surviving it. But actually, that was what he wanted. You know, he couldn't mm -hmm. take his own life. But mm -hmm. actually, uh, if he died on the operating table, you know, that would be great with him. Uh, as it happened, the surgeons decided that they ethically couldn't do the operation because mm -hmm. he had so little chance of uh, survival. Um, but then, of course, you've got all of the assisted dying uh, program. But I don't you think sometimes as well, it's quite loaded saying, don't you think? Sorry. I was just thinking that, Joe. That's unusual <laughs> for you to uh, dump that on me. But um, I was thinking there's a lot of assumptions that are made about people's ability to cope with difficult news yes. and process all the information they get medical information yep, yep. change of life information and process all that and find the words to talk about it as well so yep, you know yep. what, what we come across people don't don't we who um are dealing with difficult news or life-changing yep. events and processing that and trying yeah. to find the word to think about it but also to ask the questions yep, yep. so we can this i think the medical profession can assume that people are are understanding everything and realize yeah. what their options are and i yeah. think it takes quite a lot of processing to get to that point yeah. and quite often we're drawn into those deliberations as well aren't we yes yes and we are and again i think that's part of if we can be part of that process because in a in a sense, the doctor can just say, well, I'm sorry, the medication you're on means that you can no longer drive. Well, that's it. You can't drive. And, you know, mm. what's what else is there to say? But actually, whoa, you know, how is this going to impact me, my family, my ability mm. to work, um, you know, uh, without even um, what is this saying about my life expectancy, mm. you know? Uh, mm. how, how am I going to survive? And um, with the best will in the world, not many medics can spend that amount of time with a patient. Yeah, it's time yeah. constraints more than anything else. And I think, yeah. again, I'm thinking about another assumption that's commonly made is that particularly older people are going to have others who can look after them. So they're going to have sons oh, or daughters yeah. Or they're going to have, you know, uh, an, a support network that can help them. And then that today is a very false assumption because mm. families are so distributed. Families have fallen out. Mm. You know, older people, you know, a model of older people living at home to the end of their days um, is, is severely challenging because mm. we don't have the support structures. You know, we know what... A, crisis we have in care and in um, uh, recruiting people to do these jobs mm. so I think the assumption that people can manage their old age on their own is also one that happens and I talked to a, 
a lot yeah. of people um, about where they find themselves in their old age, mm. dependent, vulnerable, scared, um, and quite lonely often. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's much a much bigger uh thing to, to to sort out in terms of our society and how we organize around old age i think oh absolutely um, absolutely but my heart goes out to people when i talk to them about yeah. about that situation because it seems so unsolvable yeah and it's still very prevalent as well in so many families the expectation is that those roles those duties responsibilities will fall on the daughter Mm. you know and you i i've been surprised at how that has has lasted mm. uh, so long more often than than not mm. it seems if there is a a daughter there's an expectation that she is the one that will disrupt her life mm. rather than perhaps the 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 sons sweeping generalizations of course but mm. you know I shouldn't assume it either way but experience <laughs> tells me experience yeah. tells me and sadly my experience is also that um these parents uh, are so pleased when their son does turn up <laughs> you know and the daughter gets forgotten you know, yeah, there's, there's times when I would say in, in my career, I have been so shocked at the extent and the degree to which that happens. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, it breaks my heart, let alone yeah. the daughters. I think. It's, it's, it's the sort of programming, isn't it, that, that that is within all of us that leads us to make these sort of assumptions and to take on roles, but also allow others to uh, see us in that way it's complicated but I think there's a whole assumption as we say around family around relationships about things being benign when sometimes they're not benign Mm. and um oh yes yes actually that is something thank you Joe (laughs) because you reminded me one of the things that I used to really struggle with in the uh, hospice situation you know because by almost by definition I would say uh, the the staff in the hospice the volunteers even the um, non-clinical staff you know they work there because they're compassionate people you know they, they want and they want people therefore to have a good death and therefore it's so easy to extrapolate your assumptions, your project to project your assumptions onto this family. And we want people to be a lovely family mm-hmm. and to die with their family around them. And there are times when we really have to check ourselves and actually stop ourselves going even beyond that because there are abusive families that we have to be on our guard to check mm. as well mm. and uh, that happens more but you could say we've got the the loveliest of motives mm. but actually it's still projecting what is not true onto a mm. to a family and it's such an easy trap mm. to fall fall into Perhaps that's a good place to to stop for today, Stig, in terms of uh, (laughs) keeping ourselves in check and not falling into traps 
you know it's yeah. about self-awareness it's about dialogue with each other yeah and um just being humble we've talked about being humble yeah. you know that's the key part of what we do and yeah. and 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 yeah and yet not so humble joe that we don't speak up <laughs> it's yeah it's always it's always just such a, a challenge um well thank you for that joe that was that was fun as always um, <laughs> so to our listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed that. We were enjoying ourselves. Do get in touch. Uh, even though today it's just been Joe and I, we really do enjoy hearing people share their realities, their universes with us. It's the, the big joy of doing this podcast. Absolutely. So, and we've got some really good guests lined up, some very interesting people, whole range of people coming up in the next podcast. So do keep listening and um, let us know if you'd like to join us as a guest. We'd be very happy to have different people come with, come and talk to us. And you can contact us through openupchap at gmail.com. Ray. Okay, then. <laughs> Thanks, right, goodbye everyone. Goodbye from me. Thank Bye, you. Everybody. Bye. Bye.